Thank you so much for joining us today on the third episode of season two of Shaping a Fairer World. Today, we're going to talk about sustainability in schools. I have a very special guest here with me today. He is the District Technology Integrator for Lakeshore Central Schools in Angola, New York. He is a Google Certified Innovator and Certified Trainer. He currently volunteers as a member of Global Maker Day and hashtag Global Eds Chat organizing teams. He is also a proud U.S. ambassador to the Innovation Lab schools. He was one of the contributing authors to the book Ditsit Kids and Hundred No Nonsense Things That All Teachers Should Stop Doing. So, without further ado, let's hear from Michael Drizek. Hello, sir. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it was a wonderful introduction. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, this is uh, my 18th year in education. I taught math for 10 years uh, at Lakeshore Middle School. And this is my eighth year as, uh, I guess, a teacher on special assignment technology integrator, where I'm able to go out and travel between five schools and work with kindergartners and seniors in, the, in potentially the same school day. So uh, I know you covered a lot of what I do, I guess, outside of school. Uh, but yeah, super excited to be joining this awesome podcast today. Thank you so much for joining me. So without further ado, let's get into the questions because I'm really excited. So the first yeah. question for me, for you will be, when and how did you start working on SDGs? Like, what inspired you? Right. So, I mean, when we look back, we think that these came out in 2015. I guess I will be open and, and maybe somewhat embarrassed to say that I didn't discover them until probably early 2017, late 2016. So, you know, these had already existed. And here I am not even realizing what they are, and not from lack of paying attention on a global scale. It's just that in my own school, nothing was happening with them as, a, you know, um, it was, I believe on, on Twitter, I saw somebody uh, offer a poster exchange for the Global Goals poster. And I just got curious. I had inquired and I said, I, you know, that sounds interesting. Uh, what can, you know, can you tell me more about it? And I had messaged that teacher and um, I believe he was in um, Michigan. And what the, the idea was that he would send me two large size uh, SDGs or global goals posters, and that we would hang one in our school. And then we would also send one to another school somewhere in the world. So um, I had a connection that was uh, of a teacher that was teaching internationally in Japan. Um, and I thought, you know what, we're going to hang a poster in New York, we're going to send a poster over to Japan. The shipping was a little expensive, but I, I love the global connection. And you know, just by having that simple poster on the wall, uh, I, I, I did it in a third grade classroom. Um, I'm able to take that big poster and move it around from school to school. But um, I think it was a conversation starter. It sparked curiosity. I think uh, just like I hadn't known what these were, uh, other students were asking, what, what's that? What are those? Uh, teachers are able to do the same. So I think, uh, you know, to make it visible like that, just by hanging it in the hallway, 
was was a good first step for us. Uh, and then it's obviously led to more involved and more in-depth projects that I've been able to do with teachers and students at Lakeshore in my in New York and, and also with other classrooms uh, around the globe. So I would say, I think what inspired me was curiosity uh, and not really knowing uh, as much about them and, and wanting to learn more. So I guess that was my inspiration. That's fantastic, really. You're an inspiration for me, really. So <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, fantastic. So the next question would be, any challenges you faced when you were first introducing SDGs in your class? Um, I would say, you know, anytime you're in education and you're working and supporting other teachers, right? Um, there's this challenge of curriculum, right? I have so many things that I need to teach to my students. Um, how do I make time for another thing or one more thing? And, and sometimes some people see the global goals as having to do something extra. When in fact, um, you know, I find it is my job to try to say, you know what, these uh, can supplement things that you're already doing in your class. These go right along with your standards. Um, why not, you know, bring this up or work these in when you're teaching this in science class or this in social studies class, or you can even bring it into the statistics in math class or as a math teacher. Um, and I'd often get the, the question, you know, when are we ever going to use this? So to be able to have real authentic data, like from the website where they're actually tracking progress on the goals, um, you know, things like that, I think are important. I would say another challenge would be um, maybe with the age levels of some of the students, um, some of the goals might be just a little bit outside of what they really understand, right? When we talk about, um, I guess, industry innovation and infrastructure to a second grade class, you, you've got to try to bring it down to their level. Um, and I, I think it's important. I don't think we should say, oh, that's too big of a challenge. We shouldn't talk about it. Um, you know, you could take a big word like infrastructure and, and bring it to them on a level like, okay, well, let's look at things in your community and, and how are they formed and how do they work together? Um, you could even do something as far as like the transportation in your town or your community, right? That could be considered infrastructure, I guess. Um, so, you know, just them hearing the word sustainable and then trying to break that down into, well, what does that really mean, right? Something that can last for a long time. And um, so I, I would say that that could be a challenge. Um, and, and also, um, I guess some of the topics could potentially for some be, I wouldn't say considered controversial, but um, for people that don't really understand or have a global perspective, when we talk about no poverty, there might be some students that don't really understand or don't even realize that there's a lot of poverty in the world. What, you know, why me? Why do we have to talk about this? This doesn't apply to me. And it's really trying to get them to, to believe in, and really understand that, that, you know, this is all one world, one humankind. Um, we're all in this together. So I think, you know, that that might be another challenge for some is really getting other people to find everyone really to find value in, in each of the goals. Yeah, I really agree with the age difference, because when I started personally, I couldn't understand half of the SDGs. So my parent would have to like break it down to simple words and then explain it to me. Yeah, there's a there's a website and I'm and I'm drawing a blank off the top of my head, but I came across it maybe a year or two ago. 
not that long ago. It was fairly recent, but it was it did a really nice job of breaking them down for younger students. So I'll pull that up and I'll send it to you. And maybe you could put that in your in your show notes, because I found that to be really helpful for our younger students. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I really agree with you. So the next question will be, how are other educators in your school enabling students to learn about SDGs? Like, does the school management support and encourage educators to work around global goals? Uh, I, I'm going to say yes. Um, I would say that, you know, maybe the, the challenge that I think what we need to do a better job at is at specifically using the term or the phrase SDGs or to explicitly say sustainable development goals, because a lot of times in our New York State curriculum uh, where I teach, uh, we would talk about civic readiness um, and, you know, the, the vocabulary may be a little bit different, but the end goal is all the same. Um, how are we really working towards a better world? And I think as far as our administration and, and district and schools in the area supporting it, um, you know, we have uh, user groups in our uh, school community, in our region. One of them is called uh, CSETI. It's the Consortium for Student Empowerment Through Innovation. And this is a group of educators that come together that try to work with students to put together an innovations project. Um, almost every single one of these schools uh, has explicit conversations about the SDGs in terms of uh, something innovative to do that has a positive impact on the world. Uh, but when we do a lot of the design thinking, you know, empathy is one of those pieces. And I think empathy is a direct tie into each of the uh, goals, right? You have to empathize with why there's a need for that goal in the first place. And um, I think that's where it starts. And really it's, you know, um, what's the most important thing we can do in our classroom this particular school year? And I think it's, you know, have, it's, it's not the test, it's not the quiz, it's not the worksheet, it's uh, whether it's the conversation, the questions, uh, but I think it's like the impact of the, the project. What can we do that can kind of go beyond the four walls of this classroom? And when we talk about civic readiness and civic engagement in our school, um, I think that's where we see a lot of these conversations starting to take place. Um, and it always ties back to the SDGs. So, um, I, you know, I, I will be honest in saying that I don't believe that it's in every single classroom. Um, it's not as widespread as I'd like to see it. But I guess what excites me as an educator and what gives me hope is the fact that you can see it building and you can see a class start to do something and then they have that aha moment and then they talk to the teacher next door um, and it's like that ripple effect of good. So I think, you know, students like yourself and, and, and people that are aware of the SDGs have to keep on um, pushing forward and, and spreading the awareness and raising the awareness. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so that I uh, really agree with, actually, you have to spread it through so that everybody could know about it first. So um, how you know, and I'll even bring it back to, you know, your book, uh, your book is something that we keep in our uh, school library or collection that I like to be able to have as a reference point when we talk about human rights. I mean, uh, that's a big thing in our fifth grade um curriculum and I think that and they always do a project on that every year so I'm hoping like okay well what do they learn from that project as they go from fifth grade into sixth grade and as they get older like we had talked about right you get older you start to feel like you have a little more independence 
little more confidence to maybe go out and make an impact. Maybe you can volunteer your time a little bit more as you get older. Um, so it's like, what is that starting point? Um, and then how can you launch from there? So I want to say that your book is, is super helpful for younger students to, to think about these things, um, you know, even when you're talking about human rights. Yeah, thank you so much. Because my goal was really just to simplify all the rights and introduce it to younger kids that can understand the simple language. So thank you so much. You bet. So what role does SDGs play in designing your school curriculum? Right. Um, so, I mean, our curriculum is, I guess, established by the states. Um, you know, we have kindergarten through grade 12 standards for each of the subjects, and it's all laid out. So I don't know as if the SDG, so really it's like, okay, well, is New York State and the curriculum leaders at the upper level using these to um, design the curriculum. And I'm not so sure that they are. So we kind of do it like in a reverse way, whereas we look at, okay, well, what standards exist that we have to teach that can pull in the SDGs, right? Well, if we're talking about climate, if we're talking about, um, you know, life on land, uh, life below water, I mean, some of these things are, are happening in our science classes already. There are standards for them and I think, um, you know, tying back the SDGs is huge, right? You have physical education class, you have conversations going on in health class um, when you talk about good health and well-being, things like that. Um, I think get <clears throat> woven into um, the coursework. Um, I know we've had, you know, your science labs where you, you talk about clean water and sanitation, where we've actually had students try to work on some filtration designs. Uh, we've had We've actually taken part in um, one of the global goals projects where you have to come up with solutions and then share them with other schools around the world. Um, I think, you know, finding the space to maybe take on some of those extra projects um, and then seeing how they tie into your existing curriculum standards. Unfortunately, we don't design around the SDGs, so we have to try to, I guess, flip it and find standards that we do have that connect with the SDGs. Yeah, it's really in Canada, it's really becoming popular to be introduced to SDGs at a such young age, because in my school, in my middle school, we did all the projects that we could find related to SDGs in library and it was really good. It was really fun. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I and I will say that I've been able to do some things through our library where the library creates some flexibility. Like for example, we did the um, sustainability shuffle in Minecraft education and everyone had to build uh, around a goal in the Minecraft world for, we had two weeks to build and then we would save it, export it, and then pass that on to the next school. And it was a really powerful project that took place out of the, out of the library. Um, and I always find the library like the hub of the school um, where I'm curious or where I'm really like passionate is like, okay, well, how do we bring this into, like I said, like the health class or the science class or the math class, because a lot of these, these subjects happen independently. Um, but the SDGs, I think, allow for so much overlap where you can start to see how these subject areas are connected because they're all real world issues. Yeah, definitely. Minecraft education is a really good tool. Like, <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah it's a game and it's you're it's teaching you so 
Yeah, it's really fun. So any real life actions did any of your students take while getting inspired to work on real grounds? Yeah, um, you know, one of the things that we joined in with, so we held a, uh, I guess, would you call it a digital citizenship summit at our school? And the school, basically groups of students took on various projects. And one of them was the junior water walkers. And what these students did was, um, so this was actually started by an educator in Canada, Peter Cameron. He was a National Geographic certified educator. And he started this project uh, to honor um, Josephine. Uh, and she, she was one of the original water walkers. And um, what we had done, and we call her Nicomas, and um, was really to go on a water walk. And the students, what they did was they programmed a micro bit uh, to track their steps. So they had the conversation about like health, well-being, but also why are we walking where they're walking to raise awareness for the water, um, which I thought was interesting. And, and then they had taken up some donations, um, things like that. So um, I think, you know, that was one example. It was like a kind of like a community walk to raise awareness. Um, I think uh, that's, I think that's also, again, how to, an important thing in school is how do we take it from what's happening in the classroom to being something that we make a poster on to something that is making a real world impact on these things. Um, I know we've had food drives for um, our local food banks. We had, um, we have a, a group called Kind Kids Compliments, which is a student run business. And then they take, a, they, they make, uh, basically started as you leave a compliment around the school on a piece of paper that they would rip off. Well, they started turning that into jewelry where the kids would design compliments on jewelry and they would sell those. And that was through Ed Corp's real world scholars. And some of those sales went all over the U S and what they do, they would take their profits and then donate them back to an agency that does support uh, some of these global goals. Like I said, uh, operation good neighbor was somebody that was helping those in poverty. Um, they donated some to community concern, which is a coalition for mental health. So I think that those are just a few examples, I guess, of the students taking action. Um, so, you know, you know, I think uh, quality education would be another one. We had uh, designed a trip to our local senior center where our students would actually pair up with a, a senior and teach them how to use technology. So, and the idea was that you're never too old to learn something new and you're never too young to teach someone something new. So to pair up the young students with the older, uh, seniors and uh, to, around technology, I think was was another example of that. So those are just a few, uh, but I think it's one of those things. I think I love this question because it really gets you to reflect on: Are we just talking about them, or are we really doing something? So that's a really great question, and that challenges me, uh, you know, to to do better too, or to find a classroom to say, hey, now that you've learned about this stuff what are we going to do with it? I think that's the next step. When you talk to students, they're willing to jump in and do something. Yeah, that's really impressive, really. So I'm going to go back in time a bit. And in 2000, the world started with eight MDGs, which are Millennium Development Goals. And they expired in 2015. And then we had SDGs, which are Sustainable Development Goals, which are set to expire in 2030, which is actually not that far away. So as an educator, what do you think? 
will the world be able to achieve all this while getting through while going through like the obstacles which are covid the biggest one floods hurricanes and more what do you think uh yeah that's interesting that you bring go back in time to 2000 i was a student in college in the year 2000 myself and i had no idea what the mdgs were at that time so um, I think if you go to a college student now and you ask them if they know about the SDGs, I feel like you'd be more likely to have students have an awareness of what those are. So I think that really tells you that we have been doing a better job of raising awareness uh, with our youth. And that starts in the K through 12 schools where you're a student, where I am an educator. Um, on my website, on uh, michaeldresic.com, I actually built in like a countdown timer to 2030 to serve as kind of a reminder. It's on the sidebar there. And, and you're right. It's it's not that far off, right? We're within 10 years now. Um, and there is a lot of, I guess, chaos in the world, whether it be through climate change or the pandemic. And um, I, I'd like to think that uh, humans are resilient. And, and it, you know, we see, uh, unfortunately, in the news, a lot of the negativity um, takes over and, and hogs the the timeline of the, of the news stories and the headlines, I guess I should say. Um, but when you, you know, you see what, um, you know, they've done with sharing positive news. I think it was John Krasinski that shared some good news. And he's like, you know what, there's so much negativity. Let's just share some of the good news that's happening. And um, there's really a lot of stories when you can find a way to hone in and just narrow down some of those good stories, you realize that people are doing a lot. Um, when you look at that website, uh, like I had mentioned, that shows you some of the progress being made on the goals. It's kind of like it's kind of gives you hope like, oh, wow, this is amazing. We are we're making progress. But will we be able to eradicate um, hunger by 2030? You know, that question still looms. Like, can we really do this? Is this too? And I like to have ambitious goals. I know before the show we were talking about having ambitious goals and then going after it. Um, but I think that involves like everybody doing their part in some way. Um, you know, I, like I said, my work with the innovation lab schools, it was helping those students in some of those um, refugee camps have access to desks and internet connections and laptops and things like that. Um, you know, I myself am just one person. Can I do it all alone? No. Can you do it all by yourself? No. But I think um, when people chip in and kind of work together, I think we keep on making that positive progress. So, you know, what do you do if we get to 2030? And there's some that we haven't accomplished, you know, do we just throw up our hands and say, oh, well, I guess, I guess that's it. You know, I, I, I do believe that there's great leaders and great youth working that will put their brains together and figure out, you know, do we need to revamp their goals? Do we need to adjust goals? Do we need to develop a new set of global goals? Um, because, you know, I guess it's, it's unknown what challenges we'll face eight, nine years from now. And it would be amazing. To, I think we're making great progress in, in a lot of them. Like when you think about quality education, you know, there's, there's more people getting access to education, but then, you know, sadly, you can also realize that there's people out there that aren't even in school or can't go to school based on what country they live in or what conflict is happening in their, in their country. Um, I think we just have to keep on pushing. So it's it's a, such a great question. Will the world be able to achieve all of this? Um, and I wish I had an answer. I think if we knew, right, we'd have like the perfect recipe to to make sure that it was accomplished. I just think it takes everybody doing their part um, and 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 realizing, okay, you know what? I'm, I can't. Maybe I can't 
tackle every one of these goals. I'm going to hone in on one specific goal and I'm really going to make a difference in that one thing. I think that's key. Yeah, definitely. Everyone should be like part of this and try. So, yeah. Um, I had another question. Is the awareness about SGs among students going to help the real goals as well and how? Um, I mean, I think awareness is the first step to solving any problem. So I'm going to go with yes. Like it's for us, it started with that simple poster and that was a, a, a symbol of, of, of awareness, right? It was a tangible thing hanging on the wall. Um, some of those students would just look at that and see it as a poster on the wall and not do anything, but um, some of them may get inspired to solve them. I think that's where when you give them an opportunity in class, um, that's where they can go out and, and do something. Like, I really like what the UN did with the Small Smurfs Big Goals campaign. I don't know if you saw that uh, back in 2017, but right, you know, the little blue Smurf cartoon characters. Yeah. Um, you could um, basically take a quiz or a survey and determine which Smurf you were. And then they would give you a goal that fits like your personality profile to say, hey, you would be really good at this. And these are some ways that you can help accomplish that. So I thought like, you know, how do you realize what, as a student, what you are really passionate about? Um, and I think by the awareness being increased and by having the conversations, that's where students can say, hey, I'm really, really invested in learning more about climate change and doing something about it. I'm really interested in life below water. You know, I want to be, I want to research this stuff. And um, I think it's like raising awareness helps students find their passions. And I, I would be, I wouldn't believe, I can't believe that there would be a student that can look at these 17 goals and can't find one of them that they are really interested in trying to tackle. So I think that's where the awareness piece is key. Um, and then just support as an educator, supporting students and creating the space for them to explore. You know, one of the resources that we use is Beluga. It's B-E-L-O-U-G-A, beluga.org. And our students have access to that platform and there's deep dive series and all of those deep dive series are tied to a global goal. So they can get curious and go in there. And um, it's, it's, I feel like it's like the Netflix of education. It's really cool. They take a personality quiz or profile and then it kind of uh, it filters content uh, to their interests and um, they can go in. And, and like I said, every single one of those series is tied to a global goal. So I think it's just also as an educator and as an adult, making sure that we make space for students and we give them time to get curious and explore things that they might not even have any idea about otherwise. Yeah, because as I say, unless we know them, we can't achieve them. So right. Right. And I think it's, you know, when you look at, you know, in our high school, we have um, a requisition, or, or I'm sorry, a requirement for participation in government, right? You have to get so many hours of, of volunteering and participation, and that's getting out there into the world and, and really almost like an internship in a way and logging these hours. Um, how do you make that a meaningful experience? I would love it if people chose what they, you know, volunteer in as a result of the SDGs. Um, as opposed to just doing something that would be easy to check a box, right? How will I know that what I'm going to do is going to have an impact? Yeah. In high school, we need 40, minimum 40 hours for uh, volunteer hours to graduate. So Right. So, yeah. so have you have you started any of those yet yourself, or is that something that you still have to do? Oh, yeah, I've started. I've 
written my resume, sent in applications, and I got a few. I got accepted a few of them. So yeah, I'm uh, making volunteers. I like. I think I have twenty hours right now. But oh, nice. yeah, I want to be able to like. I think I'm gonna aim for three hundred because it's it's it looks good on your resume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that too, and that's 300 hours of, of helping someone else that, you know, you could, you could have stopped at 40 and, and you went above and beyond. That's awesome. Yeah. It's really fun though. It's not like, it's not homework. You have to do it. It's fun. I think that's the key, I guess, in any of this work is, um, do you enjoy it? Whatever it is, is it something that brings you joy? Um, and I think, you know, that's, you know, I, I'm an educator, so you could say that every, every day I'm going in and trying to strive for, towards quality education, um, you know, and doing my small part in providing a quality education to other students and, and not just at Lakeshore, but to be involved in a global community to try to expand my reach. Um, I would hope that whatever people do, um, that they find joy in it and that they don't really, um, I guess, have to stress out about not enjoying what they do. Yeah. So uh, last but not least, any message you want to give to other educators or students from this platform of Shaping a Fair World? Um, I guess my message would be to um, just, you know, I, I use social media and I think social media is, is some people see it as a negative thing. You know, students are always on their phone and on social media and it's this, you know, big distraction. Um, I always use the term like use tech for good. I would encourage educators to search the hashtag teach SDGs, search um, the hashtag global goals, uh, see what's out there, see what other people are talking about. It's, it's easy to, I guess, be in your own little bubble uh, in your school and not really realize uh, what others are doing. But one of the biggest things that helped me be a better educator uh, and, and even a better, uh, I guess, parent to be able to understand and help my own children here at home is to raise my own awareness about the global goals and seeing what other people are doing, which also helped me create opportunities for my students to take on some global collaborations. Uh, we've partnered with schools in Australia and Korea and New Zealand and in England and all over in different parts of the world. And it was strictly because I took the time to search a hashtag to connect with people and um, get out of my little bubble. So I guess that would be my message of advice. And then I guess my other message of advice would be um, to take part in Student Voice Day. It's always a fun day once a year where we usually have some type of prompt uh, for students to answer around the global goals, uh, just to get them thinking and reflecting a little bit. Um, you know, like we talked about action in the real world. Uh, well, that might not be considered real world action. It's really just spreading student voice around the world and getting them um, to get inspired by what other kids have to say and giving them a platform to inspire. Yeah, definitely. You were saying about the social media being negative, right? It's just that it, it, it will be positive if you just maintain the balance between your academics and social media. So it's both positive effects and negative effects. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a big on digital citizenship and we really try to hone in on um, the five pillars and balanced is one of them, right? So it's being informed, engaged, inclusive, alert, and balanced. So I think when you kind of 
take those five things and you treat social media and, and, you know, technology around those five things, you'll typically have a positive experience. So um, that would be my message. Absolutely. Um, don't be afraid. Just get out there and, and I guess take a risk, get curious and get outside your bubble. Um, because really like when SDGs are important to your local community, it's also important on a global scale. So it's important to know what's going on in the world that you live in and not just in your own backyard. So uh, I guess, you know, what is it? They say, uh, think global, act local. I think if we all do that, um, we'll be in a better place. Yeah, definitely. So thank you so much for joining me today. As this yeah. podcast is unfortunately coming to an end, I love talking to you so much. So to sum up, today we learned about sustainability in schools with our guest, Michael Jerdlik. Hope you enjoyed and got inspired. Thank you so much, sir, for joining me today. Thank you so much, and I can't wait to hear future episodes. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Adios, amigos.